This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Horns of Odin. Horns of Odin is a family-run company which specialises in drinking horns and horn mugs. Every horn is sanded, polished and carved right here in our own workshop. And we line each one with a full-grade beeswax so you get a nice clean taste every time. We also have a selection of copper and brass jewellery, leatherwork and our own blacksmith, all handmade right here in the UK. We're giving an exclusive discount to listeners of the podcast. So all you've got to do is simply add the code HORNS10 now that's Horns10 to grab 10% off your entire order at checkout. So why not head over to the website www.hornsvoden.com to see the full collection of our products. We also recently hit 30,000 Instagram followers and we'll be holding a huge raffle really soon. We've had tons of amazing prizes donated and every single penny that we raise will be donated to charity. So if you just pop over to Instagram and follow us at hornsvoden.com, as soon as the charity goes live, we'll let you all know. Right, let's jump into the show. Welcome to the Nordic Mythology Podcast. I'm Daniel Farron, co-owner of the company Horns of Odin, and I'm joined, as always, by Dr. Matthias Nordvig. Hello. And on this episode, we've probably got the most highly anticipated guest we've had so far, um, and that is Kai Uberfaust. How are you doing, Kai? I'm doing good. Thank you. Good. And thanks for having me as well. No, you're, you're always welcome. Like I say, we, uh, we put out a little... A little poll on our Instagram a few months ago asking who people would like to see and your name repeatedly popped up. So it's 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 good to finally make it happen. Cool. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. So how are, how are you? How are things in you're you're in Copenhagen, right? Yeah, Copenhagen. Well, I mean like <clears throat> things are compared to normal relatively slow, you know, like I mean the they they opened up last week. They opened up the bars again, and before that, Copenhagen was like on a Sunday morning all the time. You know, all the bars were closed. There was only like a handful of people on the street and everything. You know, but now there's life. Life is coming back uh, a little bit, and uh, uh, I'm allowed to tattoo again. Or the Danish tattoo artists are allowed to tattoo again. That was also a big step. You know, because like, I mean. You know, I'm I'm German by birth, and like you know, they they always tell us that we, you know, have to take care for bad times and all of this, blah blah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so of course, like uh, when the when the when the band came, and I couldn't work as a tattoo artist anymore, and at the same time, all the concerts of Heilung were cancelled. Of course, it hit me pretty bad, but you know, I was uh, I was prepared for it. But uh, a lot of other tattoo artists, like you know, who are not as long in the saddle as I am, they. Uh, they went straight to what we call kontanthjelp, uh, you know, here here in Denmark. So social security, the social security net had to had to catch them and everything. And like, you know, you could see just some, you know, there's there's a also a place uh, from in between my home and here the sound studio is like a hammam, like a Turkish bath and everything. They they just closed for good immediately. You know, they have wood in front of the doors and the windows. So that is that wow. is also over, right? I mean, like it's a pretty bad hit, like for uh, like uh, economically for for a lot of people who are who are not prepared. Yeah, I think I think especially those businesses that rely on personal contact or something like a, a Turkish bath or even a hairdresser's. Like 
I'm looking a little bit a bit wild here, and that's because <laughs> you know, my hairdresser's clothes. I need uh, I need someone to give me a, a clean up. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same for me. <laughs> Getting more fussy over here. And I, yeah, I, I've been seeing this uh, here in the US um, lately. Uh, several tattoo artists um, that I follow on Instagram and elsewhere have uh, yeah closed down. They they they're, they're out of business at this point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we have uh, last count I saw was uh, forty million unemployed in the U.S. Yeah, that's scary. I don't know if you guys have a a system like they do over here and in in Denmark, or you know, a safety net almost to try and catch those those people. Because I know over here they had, I think it was like a million people signed onto Universal Credit, which is the same mm. as as kind of like what you were talking about, Kai, mm. and. You know, I think it was like record numbers. They were struggling to to look after it because I guess anybody who couldn't work was 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 needing help. Yeah, I mean, there there is social benefits here. It's uh, not a lot. It's um, it doesn't doesn't really really pay the rent <laughs> or anything like that. It's um, it's a very um, it's it's a complicated system too. You know that so many people have tried to sign up through the internet. Um, and the websites don't work and, you know, there, there aren't any offices you can go to because, well, first of all, they, they cut funding for the offices long ago, but aside from that, the few that are still are there, um, you can't go to because of the pandemic. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) yeah. It's interesting times, eh? Certainly, yeah. (laughs) I mean, Tattoo in particular, obviously, is very personal. Are you are you having to wear a mask now, or I would say you wear gloves anyway? So uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. In, in Denmark, uh, the the whole pandemic stuff hit us while while they were working on uh, enforcing the new regulations, and uh, so like before, of course, like uh, wearing gloves, but now they uh, like they. Uh, they were also introducing that we have that we have to wear some kind of like latex aprons and stuff like that, yeah. or a visor, even you know this plastic yeah. kind kind well, of how stuff. How much would a visor affect you? Yeah, kind of work. I mean, and the, the funny yeah. thing is, like you you can't even get it because they're sold out. Well, yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly. There, there so. is that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. So, okay, so uh, pandemic aside, um, I'm actually kind of interested in hearing about uh, what those new regulations are because one of the interesting things about Denmark is that regulations on tattooing have like been so primitive in a sense, yeah. like compared to the U.S., compared to Germany, um, as far as I, I understand the rules. I think the UK is the UK is on the primitive side as well. We. We have very late. I think you have to be registered as a tattooist, but when it comes to like who can tattoo things, I think it's pretty pretty lax. You know, you can just go out and buy your own tattoo yeah. gun and do it at home almost. So you know, it is. It, in my opinion, I think it needs tightening up over here a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, like in Denmark, they uh, yeah, the, as you said, Matthias, the last the last time the laws were or it was screwed on the laws that was 1966. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we were running on a tattoo law based on the one from 1966 until uh, 2019, so until last year. And uh, I mean, like it, it was um, 
the the Dansk Tattooer Lauk, like a you know like a society of of uh, conscious tattoo artists was uh, was involved in the law giving and everything and yeah like now we have a, a system that uh, that controls like when we open our colors and you know we have to register the color that that we uh, that we use on on every uh, on every customer and like you know the needles need need to need to be updated all the time that we don't work with needles that are out of date you know and all of this kind of stuff the apron uh, is important and uh, but i think now that the pandemic stuff it it will they will change it most probably again and make it even tougher you know like like mm. like i expect it to to change our whole society in 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 uh, in regards of uh, of high hygiene and everything and uh, i'm i'm also fine with that you know as a as a good tattoo artist like a good tattoo artist in my my opinion is is a germophobic person <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is me you know like by by all means like even even before all that came you know i was i was that kind of guy traveling the world but you know if i open a, a door to a train or to a public toilet and everything i always did that with the elbow or with something in between and everything so i'm i'm very conscious about how germs spread and like you know the whole contagious stuff anyway to to start out with and like of course some things are are pretty much overdone now that everyone is panicking but in generally i i really welcome it you know that uh, that people get a bit more conscious uh, about like how how microorganisms uh, spread and what they do and everything and like you know i remember when uh, uh you know in in germany the the regulations are also pretty tough you know and we had to go to uh, uh, or we went to a microbiology seminar by dr villa in uh, back in the days in Wilson. Wow. <laughs> and I mean that that guy that guy is also, you know, he's he's quite some dude. His daughter <laughs> <laughs> his daughter got infected by a bad tattoo artist with hepatitis and uh, he made it he made it his life mission to go out to the tattoo artists and like really tell them, okay guys, this is how it works and you really have to be careful and this is bullshit what you do and this makes sense. You know, and we we were there, and it was uh, it was a three day seminar. It was like in university, basically, you know, and like he, like he also held it like that. And uh, you know, he he said that by by statistics, there's only one third of the people out there, and I'm I'm talking about like ten years ago that uh, that seminar was, that washed their hands after after the toilet with water and soap. One third. Mm. You know, there's three guys it's, going it's to the toilet, yeah, and only one <laughs> washes his hands properly, right? And everyone touches yeah. the door handles, you know, and mm -hmm. stuff stuff like that. When you when you go to a buffet, and you think about that, well, yeah. and you're like, oh my god, <laughs> oh, I try not to think about that. That's a real good way to get sick. <laughs> yeah, but that's the world I'm living in, right? You know, so yeah. and of course, yeah. you know, like I'm I'm not I'm not a really fearful person, and I, I laugh off a lot of stuff, but you know that. I'm I'm conscious about it, and I'm I'm really happy now that that because of all this like uh, pandemic uh, stuff, people are also getting like a bit more aware. Okay, maybe maybe we should you know get a get a hold of it. This is like back in the in the plague times. You know, people were not yeah. uh, were not aware of that. It makes sense to wash at least once a week. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> just take a shower once yeah. a week <laughs> yeah I mean I think I think tattooing over the last sort of 10-15 years has just exploded and yeah. with that hopefully 
I mean, I don't know if legitimize is the right word, but it almost tattooing, I guess, kind of was seen as a as kind of an, I guess maybe like an underground type thing. People, it wasn't as accepted as it is is now, and hopefully with that acceptance, then you get more of these regulations coming in and. It keeps it a little bit safer, safer and uh, recognized as an art again. You know, you know, like there's yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's it's quite interesting because I remember back, um, it's uh, it's a couple of governments ago in Denmark when uh, the good old Battle Horda was uh, health minister, and in in the government, and there was a conversation about tattooing. This was back when the thing about the colors. Uh, people have had some some allergic reactions or something like that to 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 the red colors, um, some some really bad reactions as far as I could see. Um, and and this this guy who was health minister at the time, he was like, well, you just shouldn't get tattoos anyway, right? Like, was <laughs> <laughs> like old jackass. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> <It's> like, great. <laughs> No, it's it's about time something happens, and yeah, of course. I mean, it's gonna be probably gonna be annoying and a hassle to deal with uh, with all the quote unquote bureaucracy of, of of all of it. But ultimately, it makes for a safer experience, and I think that's great. I mean, I'm we see this uh, here in the in the U.S. Um, there's tattoo artists; they 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 have to um, keep to a certain standard that. I've recognized this already higher than than what it has usually been in Denmark. Mm. Um, that when I think back to some of my first tattoos and in some shady parlors in <laughs> in Eastern Jutland, yeah, nice. Um, eh? <laughs> I was like, wow, kind of lucky I didn't walk out of there with hepatitis. <laughs> yeah, that is really crazy. I think over over here, or certainly in my opinion, when I've got tattoos, I think you it almost weeds itself out. Almost, you know, when if I walk in somewhere and it's it's not particularly clean, then I, you know, the likelihood is I'm not going to get a tattoo there. You know, it, it almost you know sorts itself out by by word of mouth and and good good quality tattooists and good clean tattooists. They're always going to rise to the top because people are going to want to go back. Yeah, for sure, and that that is also like you know. In my opinion, it's uh, the the how the laws get gets pushed through and everything. It shouldn't be necessary because, like, I mean, the, you know, like the the lady I learned from, she was very conscious about about health and everything, and she passed that on to me. And she's she's a she's a really good tattoo artist, right? With super high hygienic standard. And even before the before the uh, uh, the regulations or the newer regulations in Germany kicked in and got pushed through we were matching them already and we were e even over them because we knew what we were doing, right? You know, I mean, like, <clears throat> we know that we're entered this game. We know that we shouldn't reuse needles and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, that, that is the funny thing. It is still legal in, in Denmark right now and in Germany to reuse needles. You know, there is oh, wow. no one, there's no one stepping in saying, hey, guys, shit. Like end of it, stop that. that you know, that like, is I mean, crazy. That is crazy. I mean, like you, you can, you can use your needle, you can brush it, you can disinfect it, like sterilize it, and you can use it again. You know, I don't do that anymore since more than I don't have a clue, man. Like fucking hell. I mean, like that is really crazy. And it's it's also like 
not that they're like super super expensive the needles and or that you have to weld them by hand and everything. Yeah. Like in in Germany, like I'm tattooing thing since 2001, and I think in something like 2005 or six, it really made the round that there was uh, uh, germs that survive a sterilization process, right? Mm. And that that was the point when when everything that had to do with reusable stuff in our studio got just out, you know, not even the the grips, you know, like uh, you, you have always the, the needle on the needle bar and then you have the, the handle. Even that does not get reused anymore already back, back then. You know, that's all all one way. And like from from that point on, I've worked I worked like that, that everything like literally everything that got in touch with the with the blood of the customer got thrown out afterwards. There is no reusing, no sterilization, nothing. You know, like we get, we get the stuff pre-sterilized, pre we use it once and it goes in the bin. Because that is the only yeah. way how you mechanically 100% can guarantee that nothing can happen, right? You know? Yeah, and, and that's definitely that's definitely the best way to be. Yeah. And thank thankfully, I think everybody that's ever tattooed with me is that's the way that they work as well. But I'm sure there is plenty of sort of sort of dodgy ones out there that don't follow that. Yeah. And even the non-dodgy ones. I mean, like you know, by law, it is still allowed to to use uh, grips that are reusable. You know, to use needles again and everything. And I, I like my personal opinion. You know, I'm not. I don't want to like go around and preach and criticize and everything. But that is that is where the law should should have been more consequent and straight, right? Yeah. To to really and but I think, and I hope that that now that the pandemic stuff is like going so much around that that they will get to that and really really say okay guys you know you might take your visor off again <laughs> but yeah. stop reusing needles you know that yeah, that that's, ins <laughs> that's insane that they would make you wear a visor but they can also you know reuse needles because i would say that if you asked the average person who was receiving a tattoo if they would be happy with that needle being reused or one being used on them that has been used on someone else. And, you know, I'm going to guess they're probably going to say no, but I imagine the average person getting a tattoo doesn't know no. that you're allowed to reuse them, which yeah. is probably part of the issue. Mm. I think if people, I think if people did know that, then maybe they would push for, for, for a change on it because I certainly didn't know that it was allowed to, mm. to you know, to reuse. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to sterilize it, right? That's the, the that's what the law says, mm -hmm. right? But then there's also the sterilizer. <clears throat> you know, we learned we learned that as well in the in the microbiology uh, course. The sterilizer doesn't doesn't always grab it all, right? And when you look at a tattoo needle, a tattoo needle is not just a single needle. It's always is always a package of needles, right? So you have mm -hmm. you have the package of needles, and then it enters the skin, and like it's it looks basically like like a brush, you know. So you have all these hairs, which which are metal, you know. And then uh, all this, like the inside of it, is filled with with a mixture of blood and uh, and color. And of course, you know the guys who who are reusing needle, they brush it and they sterilize it. But still, in between the needles, you can't you can't get. It's just yeah. it's just mechanically yeah. impossible, right? And then they throw it in the sterilizer. It's like something like 100, 120 degrees and like a couple of atmosphere pressures, and uh, like one and a half hour, and they think everything is fine. And, and most probably it also is. But like at some point, there's someone there that has some tough ass disease you know <laughs> and then you have the same the same situation like in the hospital you know you you go yeah. in there and you have something and they didn't sterilize their equipment properly and you go out there with something multi-resistant kind of kind of bullshit you know but yeah. that's what i'm saying right when you come to me that is just not happening 
that's good to hear because I plan on coming to see you at some point. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> so, I mean, I've got to say, talking about your art style in particular, or one that I pick on is, is like the petroglyph style stuff that you do. Now, I, I really enjoy that. Is that something that you you like doing or aim to do? Oh, yeah. it's. I mean, that that's a big part of it, right? And like like my interest in the petroglyphs is is quite old that all, all already was with me be, before I be, became a tattoo artist and uh, it's just beautiful like uh, it's funny uh, like at the moment I'm I'm working with uh, or like I I, uh, I read into this book what? I I don't know do you know that Matthias um yeah I it does seem a little familiar to me but I haven't read it um, yeah, it's a crazy and, book. It's a crazy yeah, book. It's a, so just for the the listeners, Hele Restningenes Tale i Norden og Nordamerika was that the title? Of yeah, it? that was the the title yeah. from from so, John John Galster. John Galster, yeah. So so um, the speech of the petroglyphs in in Scandinavia and North America, basically. Yeah, it's the title. Yeah, and I. Um, I I inherited that book from uh, Eric Reimer that founded uh, founded the studio that I'm running now, and it fall like he gave me his whole library when when he went off business when he when he retired and like a lot of the books are about rock carvings in in Africa rock carvings in in uh, America and of course like the majority rock carvings in uh, in Europe and I remember that that book fell into my hands like in the beginning and I I, I read through it a little. But like today, I was, you know, this morning I was looking through through the books and everything, and I thought, oh, that is, I haven't, I haven't read that book for a long time. So let, let's take it out, and it's amazing. I mean, it's really amazing. the The point that the guy makes can be discussed, right? I mean, like he uh, he uh, he is also a, a scientist and everything. He studied and he was in the university, I think, in in Aarhus and everything. And the funny thing is, like before I uh, I found that book. Here, because he's comparing the the rock carvings in Sweden and the rock carvings in the uh, in the Toronto area, and mm. uh, <laughs> it's pretty crazy, you know. Like it's, <laughs> I, I remember, I remember that like uh, like years ago, I think something like I was in Canada in two thousand and twelve for the first time, and I knew that these rock carvings existed uh, or exist close to close to Toronto. And uh, when I when I saw them in the internet, I was like, "Wow, man, they're so similar to our stuff, right?" And uh, I really wanted to go there. And uh, then it was the tattoo convention in Toronto, and uh, I, I I met a I met a girl, a half Mohawk girl, and I was like, "Hey, do you know that place and everything?" And she was like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I know it, but uh, it's also like it's a sacred sacred place for us, but I have I have never been there." So she took me, and uh, we went there. And I had no track of days and, and everything. And uh, then, then we got there and that place was just filled with indigenous uh, indigenous people. So some of them had uh, traditional clothing and some, some of them were normal, some of them mixed and everything. And they were in the middle of a ceremony. And like I was, you know, because I was so occupied with tattooing and everything that at that time I was also drinking still. I don't drink any alcohol anymore. And then I realized, fucking hell, it's midsummer. And and I didn't I wasn't even aware of it right, and we were <clears throat> we were standing aside not to uh, not to disturb the uh, the ceremony and everything and the old man that was leading the ceremony he saw us right and like uh, he just he he insisted in us uh, uh, coming in the circle and everything although 
yeah, I mean, like, you know, I'm a European white guy and everything. And he was, he was just beautiful, you know, and they were, they were, they were having their ceremony. They were singing the songs, they were passing around the pipe and everything. And they had fruits and they were feeding the rocks and they, they had water and they, they gave water to the rocks and everything. And he was speaking about the rocks and speaking about the carvings and everything. And for me, that was such an, such a, uh, such an amazingly great gift because like, I mean, like we, we go to our, to our carvings here and everything, you know, everything is lost because it's so long ago and Christianity kicked in and like removed, re removed so much of the knowledge, but you know, he had it like, you know, he came from the area, you know, and like he, he had his, uh, his profession being the medicine, medicine man or the shaman or however you want to call it of the tribe. He had it inherited from his ancestors and, and, and like he, he was talking to the rocks and about the rocks and like the the pictures in there who it was you know and he he knew the names of the of the turtle and like you know of the of the lizard that gave the language to them and all of this you know and like in and he said that in the old days before there was a uh, now now there's a roof over the rock carvings that they're like protected and he said before they put the roof over it the the rain gave always gave water in the rocks and it had a little stream uh, running under it that was part of where they got their language from and all of that kind of stuff and that was for me that was just such yeah as i said it was such a great gift you know to uh, yeah to to see the the culture around the carvings alive and uh, yeah we don't have that here anymore it sounds like an amazing experience it was it was you know and uh, yeah it's it it was very humbling for me as well, you know, to to meet that guy, and also in the in the end, like uh, you know, everyone could come to him and sit with him for a minute or two, and like receive uh, the midsummer personal blessing and per personal words and everything, and yeah, yeah, that's that's just beautiful for me, and like to to see that kind of stuff alive, like because like in the end, it's you know we're we're always trying to recreate some pagan stuff or some animist stuff and everything but you know over there some some of the guys are still lucky to have it to have it intact and still have people living that that know the old stuff and pass it on and also give it give it free to everyone that is around right and uh yeah just like the whole attitude of uh of that guy and the people over there uh, with the ceremony was just was just so beautiful because there was no like you know we we've, we've been touring america in the beginning in the beginning of this year and like you know you the smell of segregation is so strong in that country mm. at the moment it's it's quite saddening and like there's so many groups that that are fighting each other and hating each other and like the whole the whole togetherness kind of stuff like was was quite difficult sometimes you know but uh yeah over there over there and then that was just beautiful, you know, like the, the the meeting, you know, like people from a different continent, from with different origins and just, you know, holding hands, shaking hands, exchanging. It was nice. It was really cool. And I, 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 I wish that it, that it stays like that, you know, that, that, that people are open, open towards each other and like exchanging culture and like that cultural appreciation is a bigger word than the other one right? that gets that's, more, more well that that's yeah I, comp I couldn't agree with you more on that and that's one thing that i always try to express to people because you know like you said the other one is uh it, it comes across so negative when it doesn't have to you know people you are allowed to appreciate other people's mm. or other you know other cultures there's nothing wrong with that yeah. it's how it's how things stay alive yeah, I think so too. I think so too, and yeah, and that that is always 
always was was my work as well, or is 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 my work. And also Eric, you know, the Eric Reimer that founded the studio that I'm that I'm running right now. He uh, he was a big fan of Greenland. You know, he had been there in the '60s before he became a tattoo artist, and he was helping mapping out Greenland because that was at that time a, a big white spots on the on the map and everything. And you know, like uh, he was be really. He was really strict because the old Danish law about tattooing, for example, said that uh, we were not allowed to tattoo on hands or faces. And mm. uh, okay. <laughs> it's quite funny as well. And he, he, <laughs> he really was sticking to that. But whenever people came that had like uh, Greenlandic roots, he excluded them from, uh, from that because their traditional tattoos, they are on hands and, and, and faces a lot, you know, and he was... He was one of the very few people that uh, uh, that was uh, keeping the Greenlandic tradition alive, so he could still do the, the tattoos that were sewn in, you know, like with needle and thread and everything. Mm. Oh, wow. And uh, that's uh, coming back. I've seen a yes. lot of uh, Greenlanders are, you know, reclaiming those old uh, yeah. tattooing traditions. That's so, really cool. So they should. So they should. Yes. I mean, yeah, like, exactly. so, so what is that, Kai? Do you say this the the sewn in almost? Yeah, the the it's it's for sure a super old tradition. You know, like there's there's mummies being found on Greenland that that are like I I don't know exactly how old they are five six hundred years old, and they have they have beautiful face tattoos and they're they're super fine line tattoos. You know, and uh, what what they do is they they have a they have a needle and a, a short piece of uh, of thread. And they do. They dip the thread in the ink, and then they they push it in the skin, and like you know, a, a millimeter or two two afterwards, they they push it out again, and then they okay. pull it, and then they pull it through, and that's how you that's how you get the pigment in the skin, and it's oh. it's a I've seen it happening a couple of times, and uh, it's a pretty pretty difficult technique, you know. It's it's really difficult to do to do it good and to do it right, you know. And like when you see the mummies, you know they they were ob obviously uh, sewn with bone needles, right? Mm -hmm. But it's such a fine work, you know. It's incredible. But it also matches the traditional clothing of the uh, uh, of the culture, right? You know, there's, there's a lot of super fine work and everything. And uh, yeah, but there was a time when 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 that technique was more or less extinct, you know. But Eric Eric he was keeping it up, you know. He had a very good very good connection to the people in, in Greenland. He he also got married uh, on Greenland, not with a uh, with a Greenlandic girl, but uh, you know they they made a nice ceremony for him over there. And he had beautiful photos of the ice and everything, and people hunting and. And all of this, it was beautiful. And like, I, I really like it uh, that uh, that the people in Greenland and also Canada go back to their to their tradition and really are wearing their their tribal marks with uh, with pride. And I, I really think they they should do it. I mean, like, it's such an old tradition, and and like it, there's so many stories around uh, uh, around the tattooing, and the, these stories are still are still around, right? There's there's still a couple of of of, of old people living that can tell the tales, and like you know. The, the library that I have also uh, the, there was anthropologists who who write who write up the the stories and like uh, uh, Lars Krutak he also does a, a brilliant job you know pre preserving all that kind of stuff that is on the edge of dying out and you know that that future generations you know can can pass it on and because like you know what happened to us as Europeans we we had a we had a culture which which was not strong in script you know we had we had the runes of course you know but the, 
that all the knowledge or like the majority of the knowledge and everything that was just erased when the uh, when when Christianity kicked in, you know, and like they they carefully removed bit by bit everything of the of the old tradition of the old healing craft of the old stories and everything. And there there was only like the Icelanders they 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 stick to it, you know, on the edge out there where no one really cared, you know. But like Central Europe, all all the stuff, you know, that got just removed and there we have we have giant gaps today you know mythological gaps like old medicine gaps and everything the sacred places we know we know that they existed but sometimes we don't even know where they were we don't know nothing about the ceremonies anymore anymore because no one no one wrote it up properly you know no one passed it on and i think you know that's really a blessing of the time today that we have the internet that we have the books and everything that we can preserve that and like you know like give identity to people, you know, because that's really important. I mean, like, you know, when you look at people that don't know exactly where they're coming from, where they belong to, it's uh, they, they that don't know their roots. It's 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 causing a, a great deal of sadness. Right. You know, mm. uh, yeah, we said at the minute, it seems like a lot of people are struggling to find their own identity, I guess, as a as a as a community, as a global community, we're, we're more in touch with with other people. More, more than ever, you know, you can just pick your phone up and speak to people on the other side of the world. Obviously, you know, we're, we're doing this chat now. You're in Copenhagen. Matthias is in, you know, Colorado. But saying that, people almost also get lost in that and, and lose their own kind of individuality and just go along with along with the times. Well, you can see how, um, you know, the Western world right now is in a crisis of identity. Um I mean, Kai, you're well aware of the political situation that has been Denmark for the last 20 years, right? Where, you know, we've just gotten more and more, um, uh, you know, xenophobic, uh, anti, anti-immigration in different ways. Um, it seems to be um, chilling out a little bit in Denmark these days, but it's still very... Uh, very strong in, in, in different ways. And you see that elsewhere in Europe, of course, also, and we're seeing it over here. Um, it looks like when, when people have like have a lack of identity, that's when they lash out at others who might have uh, what appears to be a stronger identity in different ways. And um, I, that's, that's really, in my opinion, really sad. Um, and yeah, building these strong... Um, identities based off of uh, traditional cultures, I think, is a really important um, thing. Also, in in this uh, so-called modern Western Europe or North America or, or whatever, right? We should should be looking to indigenous peoples um, and be learning from them in in different ways. Um, it's funny when you were talking about Greenland. I was getting a little homesick. Oh, yeah, I don't know if I've yeah, ever yeah, told yeah, you, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey. Um, and I remember seeing those mummies that you were talking about. Um, they they were when I was a kid on display in uh, in a museum in in Nuuk. Oh wow! And yeah, and um, no, it's uh, they were really they they made a really strong impression on me. Also because you know I was a kid and they were dead people, so that, also, <laughs> <laughs> that was also part of it. But, but but I was like I so vividly remember their faces. Um, and and um. So one of the things that I teach is also Arctic culture and society here at the, the university um, uh, in Boulder. And um, and uh, um, a really interesting thing about Inuit cultures in uh, Greenland and Canada and um, in Alaska uh, in particular is that um, they 
have a concept of of morality um that if you're a good person right that is something that the animals can see um so so as a hunter when you hunt the the notion is that the animal gives itself freely to you if you are a good person and with that comes also properly sewn clothes okay um yeah so 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 the women traditionally uh, were to uh, learn a spe- specific way of s- sewing the clothes that the hunter will wear and that will also tell the animals to come to him right um wow. and i just think that's yeah so so interesting and wow. fascinating because it seems to weave into this sewing tradition in context of tattooing as well right yeah. because that demonstrates your identity and and who you are as a person right Yeah, it's beautiful, eh? It's really beautiful, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And like again, like we we can see in Europe that there was probably stuff like that around before Christianity came. We we know that hunting was of course like a a big deal for for these people and and uh, bear cults and all of this kind of stuff. You know, we can see it in the in the metal jewelry that we uh, that we find in graves and everything, but we don't know nothing, right? It's just yeah. Just, bye-bye. No, it's a It's funny because we had a, a Luciano from uh, Children of Ash um, uh, on not so long ago, uh, and uh, he and I had a conversation about the possibility of like Scandinavians tattooing in the Viking Age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's uh, on like this the the side that that is like well I we don't really think that they did that, um, and I I'm personally. Uh, on the side that it's got to be more complex than that. Yeah, um, I agree. Because uh, yeah, and and so I actually uh, I've been uh, researching the subject because I uh, I wanted to do a talk at the uh, Midgardsplot uh, this year uh, on that. Uh, but well, since the festival isn't happening, then <laughs> I, I guess I could just like blurt it out here in the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh but I've I've been finding a lot of interesting um um uh, sources on uh, well medieval England I, Viking age England um suggesting that uh, that there was tattooing going on in 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 the English area um mm-hmm. and that there's a distinction between pagan and christian tattoos which is really interesting and um also in the saga literature we have a lot of uh, references to people who have darkened skin in different ways and some scholars uh, interpret that as uh, perhaps people with uh, a darker skin complexion in general um but others um, are more uh, debating what does it actually mean because some of it also is just it doesn't necessarily indicate that you know it's, it's a it's just a complete Uh, darker skin color that these people have that when they're referred to some of it actually also it seems to indicate sort of um that we have varying complexion and that could be suggesting you know tattooed skin colored skin right yeah um so those are some of the uh, things that i've been looking at and in, uh, in terms of what we have sort of buried in the source material in like a brief reference here and there you know suggesting that there might actually have been uh tattooing i think you know when we look at the art in in general in scandinavia uh, if you just take the snippet that's like the viking age right uh we have these uh visual 
representations developing in in these new art forms in in different ways and it's hard for me to uh to see them only in rock and wood uh without being on skin as well yeah um, i agree if, especially also if we dig into like metaphors about uh carving um about uh, poetry and um also uh, about um like uh, weaving in uh, in a in a broader mythological sense. This is actually, this is very very deep shit. Good, uh, good. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so so like overall, it, it I would say uh, if you um, you know look at the total image of of of, of the source material and and the, the artistic culture that exists in the Viking Age, I think it's very likely that they were actually tattooing. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And I, I absolutely agree with you as well that I, I personally think it is it is it is more complex. You know, I, you know, there's there's different things like I, I always work with uh, with the reference uh, cultures because I, I also I got invited several times to hold lectures about uh, tattooing in the Viking Age and everything because the the studio I'm running now was always in that subject, you know, traditional European tattooing. Which is hard to grasp sometimes, you know. There's not much much stuff that we find, especially from from the Viking Age. We're lacking something that we have from the Stone Age, for example, the mummy with a tattoo. Mm. We just don't have mm -hmm. that from the from the Viking Age. But one of the things I always mention is, <clears throat> as you said as well, the reference culture is like when we go to cultures that actually have tattooing still running from the from the Stone Age, basically, you know, like uh, the guys from New Zealand or whatever, they have something. Which also, which also the Vikings have. When you have a knife handle, that's just not a knife handle. That's a surface for decoration. When you have a beam in a house, it's not just a beam in the house. It's surface for decoration. And the same, the same goes for the people in Hawaii, in you know, in Borneo or whatever. You know, the skin is surface for decoration. And at the yeah. same time, you know, it doesn't make us any better than any other other skin color. I want to mention it, but our skin is bright enough. To get to get a nice contrast for it, so mm -hmm. you know, like any artist, you know that that and like we always say that tattooing is the oldest art of the planet. You know, that is just the perfect canvas. You know, like I I I, I traveled all Scandinavia up and down. I've been tattooing on Iceland. I've been tattooing on the on the Faroe Islands and in, uh, in Denmark and everything. And you know, like when you have an Icelander that hasn't seen sun for the last two decades, right? He has the <laughs> best, <laughs> the best skin to tattoo, you know, like thin mm -hmm. and white. It makes nice contrast. It's easy to work and everything. And it's the same when, when you know, people that live in an area where, you, where wood is growing, that is good to carve. They develop an amazing carving uh, culture, right? So that, that is one of the things that, uh, that I always say. And then, then, then we have something. It's a bit earlier than, uh, than the Viking Age. Uh, it's a little uh, statuette that was, uh, uh, was found in Lund, I think, and they call, it, they call it the academic. A little statuette, the guy that is sitting on a chair with a, with a, with a bold head and he, he has a really long beard and he, he, holds that, he holds that beard. And when you turn that, that little statue around, you, you can see that on the backside of the chair, there's like circular ornaments. And that, that ornaments you also find on, find on the backside of the, of the statue. Of course, that could be the artist just, you know, ah, now we're decorating the chair. Ah. Of course, it's possible, right? 
But that kind of stuff happens too often in Viking art. You know, that there's ornaments, you have, you have little figur figurines, masks, stuff like that, who are ornamented. The face is mm -hmm. ornamented, the hands is ornamented, like, like a Celtic, uh, like later on there's this, uh, it's from Ireland, it's a, a reliquia, there's some, uh, the, the, hands of, the hand of some saint is in there. And of course, you know, they, they decorate everything, as I said before. And that reliquia is beautiful ornamented. You know, it's all these super nice pattern patterns on it. And when you look at it, it's just, you know, you can basically use it as stencils for tattooing, right? <laughs> you know, like yeah. if you want to tattoo a forearm or a hand, right? So, but again, we lack the hard evidence. That will always be our problem. I mean, and I, I'm always hoping, you know, right now I know that uh, Norwegian archaeology they're like everyone is complaining. Oh, the glaciers are melting. The glaciers are melting. But the Norwegian archaeologists, they're hanging around. They're melting glaciers. And they're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look what is coming out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, so you're totally right. And, and one thing to consider also is that, you know, this thing of like we lack evidence when it comes to the Viking Age, that is uh, a universal problem for the Viking Age. Like we we lack evidence for almost everything that we say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> except for these people had houses and spears and uh, and that kind of stuff. Like, sure, yeah. But but when we talk about uh, sort of the more immaterial culture in a sense or um, creative culture, there is so much we lack evidence for in general. It's the yeah. same with um, with the like the laws that they had, like uh, the typical thing that uh, you would see in museums that you can hear people say uh, everywhere is that women had the right to divorce in the Viking Age. You know, it's the, that is not a very substantiated claim. It comes from one source, one yeah. one source uh, who says this um, in the Viking Age, and then we later have uh, saga material that suggests the same thing. But this saga material is so so untrustworthy in so many ways. And it's the same way with, like, uh, we have uh, Ibn Fadlan who says, oh, uh, Vikings tattooed, right? We have one source that says they tattooed, right? So why is it that we trust this source that talks about uh, women's ability to, to get a divorce in, in Viking Age Denmark, but not this source that, uh, that talks about Vikings tattooing? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, the, the, so the, the, there's a lot of um, selective reasoning when it comes to the, the Viking Age uh, material. And, of course, it's it's complicated as always. Um, <laughs> that is something to, to keep in mind. It, it's, not, it's not very simple to just say, oh, um, this is what Viking Age culture was, because we, we are in such a very complicated source situation. Um, but aside from that, one thing I just uh, wanted to uh, comment on that you said with the um when you see these uh surfaces right uh, um like a, a wooden beam is not is something is a surface that you can uh, put ornaments on right the an, an important component to that is also that uh, and this i think i'm saying most for mostly for our listeners right uh art is not just something that looks pretty it's not just you know something that takes takes up this blank space like it's communication, right? So when you are putting this ornamentation on a wooden beam or on a rock or on uh, the skin, it means something. you're exactly you're communicating something to your peers, like mm. everybody in society, but you're also communicating to the spirit world, yeah, right. And totally. that's that's so really so incredibly important, I think, uh, to 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 consider too that you know the Viking Age 
uh, in that sense was no different than um than uh, uh pacific uh, the pacific islands uh, various pacific islands uh, basically from like uh, 500 years ago right you, uh you want to communicate with spirits in uh, on important. all the levels that you can right yeah and that also gives some kind of uh, argument i'd say to the possibility of vikings tattooing as well yeah this I, I need totally to communicate agree. i totally agree yeah i mean from my opinion and i have to say i'm i'm no expert i'm kind of this this ordinary layperson on the side and how i would see it i guess is that like you say they have this beautiful artwork and they decorate everything else so i guess for me the only argument would be is whether they had the ability to to, to tattoo whether you know whether they had the equipment and the knowledge so i guess if if they have that and that's present then it seems to make sense that they would i don't see why they wouldn't you know if if they went through the effort to to carve and 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 decorate everything else like you say you have this perfect skin to do it so why why not i don't see the argument as to why they wouldn't do it yeah that's the, that's the thing is it, i think it's more likely they did than they didn't yeah if you look at sort of like the just the total total uh, sum of of human cultures on the planet right and and the amount of tattooing that has been going on across the world uh, throughout known history that's a lot of tattooing a lot yes. of tattooing <laughs> and so that's it would be kind of weird if there's just like this one corner <laughs> up in 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 northern Europe, where people never ever did it, right? And it's one of the most simplest techniques, too, right? Um, not to demote what the, what tattooing is, but but in in terms of like uh, figuring out how to do that for a human being, right? You you can you can dip some uh, some needle in in ash and and then you know put it in your skin. We the t- teenagers do this. In in their you know basements uh, in their parents' basements when they're getting drunk or something like that, right? So by the way, it's even even prisoners who aren't meant to have anything, they still find a way to tattoo. So you know it doesn't like you say not to do more tattooing, but it doesn't have to be overly complex to get the most basic form. Yeah, and and the oldest tattoo, uh, the oldest art form uh, of mankind, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. And and, is there any is there any kind of old sort of prehistoric peoples that you know of that didn't tattoo that did not is there any tattoo. that kind of stand yeah they did not that kind of stand out because like I, say, I, I as as an outsider almost to this opinion of me is that everybody did it you just kind of assume that that's kind of what you, you assume of these yeah. the, you know early peoples so i was wondering if there was any that that we know that didn't and that maybe people could point and say oh well they didn't so well it's i mean possible. so so Again, as I said, the total sum of cultures in, on the planet uh, throughout the ages, it, there, it looks like there's been a, a lot of tattooing going on. But at the same time, of course, there's also been plenty of cultures that haven't uh, necessarily done tattooing or uh, have, have at some point left tattooing. I mean, think of the Roman Empire. Um, the Romans uh, had a very distinct association of tattooing with slaves. Right? So they would tattoo slaves. Um, but but that of course then means that those who are tattooed are associated with slaves rather than uh, you know upstanding members of, of society. And the, the Athenians in, in Greece had the same, right? Um, especially because their primary primary enemies were Thracians, and the Thracians were tattooing. Um, so they were just you know a little to the north. 
so yeah, there are plenty of societies too that reject tattooing, and it's really interesting also to see like across the board in like uh, sort of like a historic perspective of of Europe, it goes back and forth. Also in Christianity, it goes back and forth. Um, we're sort of like coming out of a period where we have been very much against tattooing in in European culture, right? The early 20th century um, had a big reaction against tattooing for various reasons. Um, And now we're getting back into a phase of tattooing. But go back to the 19th century and you have more tattooing happening in, in European culture. I mean, uh, and also, you know, some parts of the early 20th century, you know, the Danish king, which one was it? Christian the ninth or Frederick the ninth? I can't remember. Yeah, the the tattooed king, right? And there are several, you know, English uh, uh, royalty that have been uh, tattooed. Um, So, yeah, it goes back and forth like that. And um, it's not just a... um, I think people tend to think of, like, you know, Christian culture as a very anti-tattooing culture. Oh no! Oh but, no! But yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not <laughs> like. Um, I think certainly in modern times, I think it has. It definitely is seen as that. I mean, even when I was a kid, tattoos had a, a stigma about them almost. You know, like uh, my like my mum, for example, didn't want me to to get tattoos. You know, I ended up covered in them. But you know, <laughs> she used to say like, you know, if you get visible tattoos, like anything below the sleeve, the hands. You, know, you might not get, a, you might not be able to get a job, or you know, all the all the stigma was put around them, and and that seems to be getting lifted now. Finally, you know, I think you can, you know, you can work for the police now and and have your hands tattooed. So it seems like things are starting to change. Yeah, that is also like due to due to people who really want wanted to uh, to be recognized as an art form. You know, my teacher, for example, uh, was one of them, and like also Eric Reimer that founded the studio that that I'm working in now. They were really pushing it, you know, like look at it as an art form. It's not just a stigma and everything. And you know, but it is as as Matthias said, you know, like uh, cultures that rejected tattooing used it as a stigma. Like for example, also in in Japan, you had it that criminals were tattooed. You know, like when you the first crime gave you gave you a line, the second crime gave you a, a different line that was that was placed uh, so that if you do one more crime, so you got tattooed for a third time, it would say on your forehead, dog. You know, and that is on your forehead. You know, that is really terrible. Also, like for people, uh, for people that are Muslim, getting tattooed is just a no-no. Apart apart from the Alevites, and uh, uh, but like uh, Saddam Hussein, for example, he had uh, during his regime, it was uh, uh, punishment tattooing was going on, right? So also, the, especially for stealing, and if you if you did something to state property, he would he would tattoo people also visible like in the face and everything and that that makes you that makes you a total outcast in that society right you know you just don't want to have it and it was it was that that tough that even even the doctors because that the doctors were supposed to do it that uh, some of them refused to do it because they 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 knew if i do that to that person i i, I will i will give him i will give him something that that his soul cannot re-enter the heavens and there we have again you know the the link to tattooing in the spirit world and that 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 links back to what, what what Matthias said you know like that whatever you do in ornamentation it has a meaning it 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 has something 
that goes into the spirit world, into the world of the gods and everything. And like pe people these days still say a, a tattoo is for eternity. No, it fucking isn't. You know, when you die, you rot and it's gone. You know, it doesn't even last a hundred years. Where, where does that idea even come from, right? Mm -hmm. and, and we can also link that back to, uh, to Inuit tattooing, for example. There's a particular, like the, some of the mummies, they have this, uh, this eyebrow tattoos, right? And like... Uh, in uh, Lars Krutak's publications, he, he researched that, what, what it means. And, and, you know, if you die as a woman and you don't have these uh, eyebrow tattoos, you will go into the spirit world and they will deflesh your body and they will, they will take off, they, they will take off your, your skull. And you will not just go there where it's all beautiful and all nice because you didn't have that tattoos. They will use your skull as an oil lamp, you know. So that's, mm. that's, that's where you are not being tattooed in the afterlife yeah. you know <laughs> yeah and uh, and i linking it back to the to the vikings and even further you know like the vikings had clearly had a warrior culture you know i, I don't want to go into some deeper stuff like that you know but like when i was when i was in cambodia for example cambodia also has a very old tattoo tradition which is also like buddhist but they also have a lot of animist stuff going on there i mean they they, they live in the jungle and everything so they 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 live in a world of spirits and everything. And like I <clears throat> I met the old guys there. And like some of them they had still this uh this old uh old tattoos going on from uh from wartime and like some of the tattoos clearly said like one one of the guys he had tattoos on his knees that clearly said like uh if 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 you have me stepping on a landmine, please kill me. Don't leave me don't leave me as a cripple, right? Or other tattoos on the shoulders that, that says if I'm getting shot, just shot, shoot me dead. Don't leave me as a cripple. That is very important for them, you know, like to, you know, like if if I get injured, just take me out. Take me to the other side and not, not leave me a burden for the society, right? And I think like for, 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 for the average Viking, you know, it, that is also an, an important aspect to think about, you know, the luck in battle, you know, how, how do I want to get out of battle? Do I want to get out of battle or do I want to die there and like uh, move on like to the, to the army of the fallen or go to Friars Hall or what, whatever, you know? So I think it's really, it has a, yeah, it has a lot of aspects and it's very, it's very complex, but I, I think that's a really, really good point that you're bringing up right there. That is, yeah, that is, um, of course, <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, <laughs> and uh, no, I, I think that's a, that's such a great point. I was also thinking uh, when you were talking about this, I was thinking, you know, we have about 130 skulls from the Viking Age that show warriors that have filed teeth. Right? Oh yeah, they that's have, another. They thing have like this well, grill, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so is that is that what just just oh, that's them? so yeah. tough shit? Yeah, right. they've just taken a file and then gone. <laughs> <laughs> like in a horizontal uh, line, yeah. It's that, rem a, that reminds me of the the tri is it the the pygmies that mm. that sharpen the teeth. Yeah, yeah that's the several chip them way into into points. Yeah, which is just so badass. Man. I I hate <laughs> if I chip my tooth. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a nightmare. Yeah. I can't stop tonguing it for weeks. Yeah, no, I I I, I hate this the feeling of wood from you know uh, just a uh, you know I. A, Icicle, popsicle, what do you call it? Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, that kind of stuff like on that, that wood from uh, ice yeah. cream, you know. Blah. Anyway, uh, going back to that, like if if that was a standard thing, at least for some some warrior cult or whatever in the Viking Age to file your teeth, uh, that's, you know, that's not a far cry from, from tattooing, if you ask no. me. <laughs> like, no, it's, it's one step further. 
it's one step yeah. further in, in, in my opinion you know because yeah. like i'd rather get a tattoo than file my team exactly Me too, and, man. <laughs> and, and a lot of a lot of people would do so right but there's also you know the that that leads us to general body modification and also like to answer your question what i uh, what i think about if they if there were cultures that did not tattoo yes there were cultures that did not tattoo and also not not only uh, uh, of uh non-material reasons, but also like because it, it just doesn't make any sense. When you go to Central Africa, for example, the people that live there, if you if you if you put some ink pigment in their skin, you would you just won't see it. But they mm -hmm. do body modification. You know, they do it. Okay. They do scarification. They do all this kind of weird stuff, all uh, uh, all the way to implants. You know, they like I have a, a book in the studio where uh, where I don't know what tribe that guy is from. But uh, he's beautiful, you know, and like it's a super old picture, black and white picture. I don't know when it was taken in the beginning of the 20th century. And he has above his brows, he has these balls inserted in the skin, you know, that that he got probably as a child already. And they're they're grown in. Right. And we also have like from uh, from South America, you know, like the Aztecs and Maya, stuff like that. They they already inserted uh, uh, gemstones in the in the teeth and everything. Yeah. And why why do people do that in a in a in a warrior culture, you know? And I I think it's also important. Like nowadays we live in a, in a world of professional armies, right? But like back in the days, it is it is actually important to not have war, you know, to yeah. avoid conflict, you know. Mm -hmm. Like 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 a lot like a lot of countries these days they have so many so many people, like like Iran the the Iran Iraq war for example you know the Iranians they had so many people they could just push it in and push it in and bring another soldier bring bring another soldier, but like in Europe in in the in the older times you can't just do that you only have a li limited amount of people right and if 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 you if you just make them all killed you know you have problems because the you you can't make a proper harvest afterwards like the area where i'm coming from for example it's it's there's a lot of acti activity from the latin period celtic celtic stuff around 250 bc you see that uh like in the in the layer when you when you research the layers with the pollen and everything you can see that there was a there was a time when when that area was flourishing a lot you know they had like people were tending the fields they were removing removing the herbs removing the uh, the trees and everything and there's a lot of a lot of cultivation a lot of agriculture going on but then suddenly something happens something really weird happens and people can't really 100% explain that but they just stop end of it and you can see that the trees are are taking over the fields and everything and you know there was not as much agriculture going on as before, and they think that there was some major conflict that that took out uh, the majority of the uh, of the people in the in that area, and then yeah they they couldn't they couldn't like progress with their with their uh, with their lifestyle, so like when you are a warrior, it is actually about avoiding a conflict instead of like provocating a conflict. So that means when when some dude walks up to you that has filed teeth, you know, that is tattooed all over, has a big ass giant weapon and big, big muscles, you think twice. Do I really want to mess with that guy? And I think that is that is <laughs> that is that is what it's about, you know, like to to show a proof of toughness, you know, to really walk up to someone and really are we talking or do you really want to fuck with me? You know that that yeah. that, <laughs> that kind of style. No, you're to, you're totally right. That that's definitely part of it. And also a component of that is um, which we also see in modern professional armies, right? You, uh, if you are a warrior, if you are a soldier, you have different um, uh, rituals uh, to demonstrate 
that you're a tough person even before you go on the battlefield, right? Um, you know, uh, going through a tattooing ritual could be that to, to toughen you up, so to speak. Um, and and that's also where you know all of this makes sense. Something that hurts the body in one way or another makes sense in that regard. Whether it's tattooing, um, body modification, um, piercing, or uh, simply just uh, you know privation, like uh, you know, sit out in the cold for a whole night, or you know uh, uh, run around naked in the woods. Like there, there's been a lot of uh, different rituals over the years in different cultures to, for for especially young men to demonstrate their toughness in that regard, right? Yeah, I mean, you you still see people today using tattoos as a as a way of looking tough. You know, you kind of get that like, going back to having that stigma, but also if you if you put it to the sort of gang culture, you know, getting the the teardrops tattooed on the side of your face. But you know, originally that you know that means you know act of violence, whether it's stabbing somebody or killing somebody. That's that is again showing your toughness, showing what you've done. A lot of the gang tattoos, it's they tell a story about crimes they've committed or people they've killed, and and it is a way of saying, you know, look, you don't want to fuck with me. Yeah. Like it, it, it's it's funny how even you know in modern times we still have that people want to look tough and they use it through tattoos, and it's. You know, it might be for more illegal, nefarious reasons, but it's still within human nature. Yeah, and that—that's. I, I read a very interesting uh, theory about that, where where all this is coming from, and uh, the guy made a uh, made an interesting point. I, I I'm not sure how much uh, I can agree to that, but I think it's a very interesting point. And he says, when we look at the first weapons of mankind, that is basically sticks that are pointy and hardened in the fire. So what happens if you stab someone with that stick? It will leave a, a dark mark, you know, because the uh, you know all the, the the burnt wood will will or the ash will remain in the, in the wound. So that means if you have been into many conflicts and you and you survived it, your body at the time, you know, as some early Stone Age warrior would be covered in all this stuff. And at some point, people would think, okay, that guy, we don't mess with him because <laughs> we can see he has survived a lot of fights, right? But what if we only copy the marks. It makes us look tough, and then we maybe we get left alone. <laughs> I like I like this uh, this theory a lot, and, uh, and also like you know when you as a traditional tattoo artist and uh, like uh, a lot of a lot of the traditional cultures also uh, give uh, give us uh, a lot of respect for uh, for what we do, and like it's also it's very interesting to talk to Maori people who have uh, who have the traditional. Uh, the traditional tattoo, because uh, they they say, of course it is it is a warrior thing, you know it's a it's a it's a man thing, but it also has a code, as you said before, with a tear, right? It 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 really means something, you know, and and they say that it that it uh, it symbolizes all the achievements of the uh, of the Maori culture, right? And also the the dance, you know, that that they have not only the tattooing as like you know the visible. The visible on skin thing, but also the dance. If you if you if you look if you look at uh, Maoris doing a haka, or you know, like also there's a lot of non Maoris doing it these days. You need some stamina to do it. You know, you need some you need some toughness to to perform it. And like the whole thing, you know, when you you, you travel along the islands and you know you you wanna you wanna approach the shore and they come all running out. You know, do that dance, have these tattoos. You know, you think like. 
fighting or trading? Let's go for trading. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just as, bring a gift for these guys. <laughs> you know? as, as an ex-rugby player, I can say that the hacker is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. isn't it? So, you know, it, it's, even, even in, its, in its line in sports, it's still a, a terrifying thing. You know, it gets in your head and you're thinking, you know, fucking hell, look at these guys. Yeah, demoralizing, yeah. De- demoralizing the, the enemy before it even starts, right? That's it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting and beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I've seen it a couple of times when, uh, uh, like, uh, we had a, a beautiful uh, tattoo convention in Mallorca a couple of days ago, uh, a couple of years ago, and there was a lot of people, you know, from Borneo, from Hawaii, and also from New Zealand, and uh, you know, these guys they also party hard. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I've had a few nights out with uh, sort of New Zealand. For people in New Zealand, Australia, Islanders who I've played rugby with, and they uh, they definitely know how to uh, how to pie. Oh yeah, they for sure do. And I'm like more more of a of an early upper. Sometimes I <laughs> and I remember I remember one morning I I I wanted to take a swim at the beach, and uh, I came to the beach after a good night's rest and good smoke and everything. And these guys, they were they were still up, you know, and they were just greeting the sun coming up and all like with their faces tattooed. And of course they did that. With the haka and like you know you had the the palms at the beach and and everything and these guys just rocking out it was just it was just beautiful so so strong as well it's absolutely admirable like absolutely admirable <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's a beautiful culture over there and it seems to be because again that's another one that almost got wiped out or you know was a was on the brink of, of being wiped out so it's it's good to see that coming back I know. At one point, you may know more than I do, but at one point, was it they weren't allowed to tattoo or it was illegal that was kind of taken away from them? So it's nice to see that being that coming back. It's beautiful, absolutely. I have a, uh, uh, I have a picture picture book in the studio that I also, whenever I do lectures, I, I used to bring that book along. It's a very big book, like an A3 print, and uh, it only like it's one page. You see. Uh, a, a native New Zealander, a Maori, and also the the girls, and then on the other side, it's explained what these guys doing, and it's just you know, it's just amazing. You know, you have police officers, you know, full face tattoo. You have like soldiers in their uniform and everything, full yeah. face tattoo. You have a there's one girl. She's uh, I I don't know what exactly she does, but she's in the Olympics, you know, and she has this beautiful chin tattoo. Of, uh, mm-hmm. of 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 there and she's you know like of course she's a sportler so absolutely gorgeous you know like it's absolutely absolutely beautiful yeah it's it's, it's amazing uh, well I, I kind of wanted to uh, to to uh, to shift the perspective a little bit so uh, Kai you you talk about these conventions that you go to where people from all over the world they come and they share the tattooing traditions yeah. and and so on and um um, I I just wanted to hear your perspective on this. So here in the U.S. in particular, we have this like long conversation about cultural appropriation, which, oh. yeah, um, <laughs> which I I now can, you I, said I, so, the word, <laughs> yeah, I said the word. I know earlier we didn't say it. I thought it was like Lord Voldemort. <laughs> Well, <laughs> it's like the one that, one that shouldn't, shouldn't be, named. be named. Yeah, no. So I mean, personally, I have t- uh, Tamoko on my my arm, right? Uh, um, Maori tattooing. Um, and this is one of the first tattoos I got uh, because um, 
back in the late nineties. Um, I was like into a lot of the, uh, uh, the, the, of course, into the Viking culture and all that stuff. I also, also into tattooing and I was like, um, we don't really have any, any of that in, in, uh, in Scandinavia. What, uh, what culture, uh, is sort of, can I, can I most identify with out there in the world? Um, that, uh, that seems similar to the, the, the past Scandinavian culture before Christianity. And that was Maori, uh, culture. So that's mm. why I got that. Um, and nowadays, like I, I meet people sometimes who are like, why do you have that? That's cultural appropriation and, and those <laughs> kinds of things. Right. And you know what? I think that personally, I think there is a time and place to talk about cultural appropriation, for instance, if. We have some big companies that appropriate uh, indigenous um, patterns and designs to, to just uh, you know, sell a bunch of blankets or or clothing mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, but it's very different from this, you know, personal um, adaptation of cultural uh, stuff from from yeah. elsewhere. Totally. Um, so yeah, I just wanted like it. What what is that about? Like what 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 do you see about that in w- w- the places you go to and this obvious sharing of ideas and cultures and tattooing? Well, it it has two th- two sides, right? Like uh, some of the guys are very rooted in their culture, and uh, but they are also very open, you know, very very open people, cultural admirer. And they ha- they have absolutely no problem to you know give it to you their traditional pattern, but a lot of them also get a lot of shit from their own tribe when they return mm. home. That that can that can also re- result even in killings, and it did before, right? Yeah. So and um, like uh, yeah, what can I say about it? Like I uh, I appreciate it a lot. You know, because like I come from a world like you know I'm on a on a pretty spiritual path since more than twenty years, and like like I realized pretty early on a connection to the nature where I come from, and uh, that I have that I had no rituals. You know, like so I basically I didn't know what to do. You know how to how to approach the the stone circles, how to speak to the trees. You know all that kind of stuff. You know. But then I learned pretty quick, okay, okay, there is cultures around that still do that. And I met people who, who lived with uh, with indigenous people in America and also like uh, medicine men and everything and who learned from them and uh, came back to Europe and like, yeah, brought back the fire, you know, like really to to reignite our our culture, you know, like, I, like or like we can't really reignite it, but like reconstruct it or, or whatever, but basically bring us back to the to the point again that, that we, that we, yeah, that we can feel animism again, that we can live animism again. And like, you know, I appreciate that a lot. You know, that gave my soul uh, a big, big peace, you know, that that made me to the person who, who I am today. Right. So whenever I meet um, I meet people from the tribes, wherever on the world they're they're coming from, I'm very open. You know, I'm very, very friendly. And like, I, I, I appreciate it a lot when, when when they are very friendly to me as well. And like, you know, like I... I very often have this uh, amazing talks, you know, like where we sit like for 
days and nights and talk and you know smoke and drink or you know like uh, the the guys from Samoa like uh, they also when they when they tattoo they they always do the kava ceremony which is also a beautiful ritual that they that they uh, invite us to and that that is beautiful on the convention because they they don't just invite anyone you know but we come up there as Vikings we have the we have the traditional dress we have the traditional weapons we we tattoo in 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 a way you know that I I personally think that the the Vikings did it you know and like they look at us and they're like hey, you're you're a bit different than the rest right come in like <laughs> take, drink drink this you know this is good for you and all of this kind of stuff you know and i think that's that's how it should be you know like that that we that we teach each other you know what what was going on and like i i received the tattoo from guys from Borneo on my leg and everything, and it it, it took a long while and everything, and like uh, it, it was it was something that I drew myself, right? And uh, uh, I asked him if he would be willing to do it since he was only doing his traditional stuff, right? And he looked at it and he said, "Yeah, it's technically possible to do it with with, with the traditional tools. I, I would love to do it. It's cool. This it's a nice project, right?" And then he asked me what it means. And I, and I was like, yeah, I said tree of life, you know, and like like all the, the the birds and like you know what 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 they do and making the weather and then their names and and he just he just looked at me, and he was like, what the fuck, what is this European? <laughs> but you're all Christians, and I'm like, no, 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 not all of us, and that is not our traditional religion, you know. There's something before, and then and then we had this yeah super long talk about like you know like the the tree as a sacred being and like you know what it does and like the the connection of the roots and everything and you know that there were so many similarities like you know he he literally came from borneo from the jungle you know like and i'm i'm just some average german dude you know but we realized that that there was some underlying thing going on you know that that is global you know and uh, there's like similar ideas, although we we as people live on a completely different spot with a completely different culture, but there's there is something to it, right? And that is that is something this underlying thing, you know, that is something where, where I personally believe it all connects us, no matter what continent we're coming from, you know, or no no matter what culture we're coming from, and and uh, that that is what I think we we should focus on. Right to mm. to to what connects us, not what separates us, you know, and like of course you know like I also get pretty pissed off if I draw something and you know some some dude like uh, catches it from the net and you know starts printing shirts and doesn't pay me shit, you know of course like yeah. I don't I I <laughs> yeah. don't like that, you know, and especially when it when it's when it's by by coat of arms, my family coat of arms, I would I would get pretty pissed off, and I I'm, I understand mm. all these guys. You know, like when, mm. when they say, yeah, they, you're earning money with all of this and, and everything. But as I said, we should really focus on, on what connects us, you know, like, in, and as I said before, you know, like, of course, like when, when you meet, when you meet someone that is really not nice to you, it's frustrating. But, you know, I, I meet so many people who are absolutely amazing. Like at last I was in Peru, for example, and uh, uh, there, there were three, uh, uh, three shamans from the Shipipo tribe and we 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 spent a week together and like these these guys were just were just absolutely amazing you know they were singing their their sacred songs you know they were brewing the ayahuasca and everything just 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 giving it giving it all freely there were there were no borders there were there was no holding back there was no cultural blah blah stuff you know they were just okay 
like this is healing ceremony you you come to me like here like my uh, i open my heart fully you know i sing for you out of my full heart you know and i want you to do better you know i want you to do good i want you to connect to your spirits to your ancestors and everything and i want you to move on that's it mm. yeah. no fucking bullshit such, you know yeah that's such a beautiful way way to be and i think that like you say i think we just no, not not when I say we, I don't mean me personally, but I think a, a lot kind of like the Western culture is so focused on the differences and you know the different cultures rather than just thinking, you know, we are all human, we all come from the same place, we have so much more in common than we do yeah. differences. Let's 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 enjoy each other's culture. That's the point, yeah. Let, let there's nothing wrong with enjoying it and accepting it and and and, and feeling it and then teaching them about yours, but like going back to what we said earlier it's almost because so many of the western culture have lost have just lost that identity that maybe it's because they don't they feel they don't have something to share back which is why they get upset mm. of people using it I, i'm not sure what it is yeah so well this is an a very interesting and could be you know a very long uh conversation too i mean <laughs> <laughs> the, what has happened in europe is of course that uh um both Christianity, but also especially industrialization and and this uh, mechanization of life has uh, has taken out a lot of our um, native cultures, right? Um, and uh, or modified them and changed them, and um, and people people miss that. This is very obvious. You can see that if you look at you know European uh, history for the last two hundred years, um, uh, there's a lot of trauma. Um, that that keeps happening. I mean, there's, there's Europeans have inflicted trauma upon indigenous peoples uh, uh, in so many places across the planet, um, but they have also themselves experienced trauma within Europe, right? And I mean, the, the the most the biggest one is, of course, that the giant as world war that we had uh, in the middle of Europe uh, uh, seventy five years ago. <laughs> you know that 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 was that was a huge trauma. Um, and also the result of earlier trauma. And uh, it's really interesting to see for me over here, right? Because I come here as a, a as somebody who is very rooted in my, my own culture, right? my Danish culture, my Scandinavian Nordic culture. Um, and I interact with uh, white people over here. And to them, I'm another white person. And um, they, it's hard for them to understand sometimes that uh, there's a thing called a native culture to a white person. Like in America, uh, concept going itself, back, yeah, yeah uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, going back to what you said before with like segregation is still so very strong here, right? Um, like it, it is interesting to see that, you know, when you say the word native, Americans, white Americans, they think somebody who's not white, right? Uh, the, the, uh, the white people are basically people without land. In a sense, right? You, 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 people who don't, who are, who have no root, they are, they, they walk across land all the time, as Americans have been doing for a couple of centuries now, right? Migrating back and forth between continents and also within this country. Uh, so many Americans, they don't even live the, in the same place where they were born, for instance, right? And that that is uh, that is probably the. Uh, one of the more like deep-rooted cultural traumas of the white people here in America that they they they're losing so much of uh, of their own identity in so many different ways, um, 
And it, 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 it's interesting to see, like, when I first uh, arrived here, because I grew up in this uh, world uh, in Greenland where stories are everywhere, right? There's a story about the mountain over there. There's a story about the ocean here. There's a story about everything, right? And, and in Denmark, it was the same thing in, in different ways because I was also seeking it out. Although I, I would say that there's a lot of Danes that are also missing out on this in so many ways, like living in their little urban, uh, suburban spaces, uh, um, just looking at their phones. But, uh, but in Denmark, you can also go out there and you can connect with the land in different ways. You have the uh, burial mounds everywhere. You have history and, and stories uh, in the landscape. And you can talk to every tree that, that you can find there and it will talk back if you, if you know how to listen. Um, and then I then I came to the U.S. in 2015, and I land here in Colorado, and I uh, get to Boulder, and I can see these mountains, and I can see the creek and the, the landscape around me, and like, who the fuck are you guys? Like <laughs> that was my first experience. Like, like who are you people? <laughs> um, what 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 is this land? Um, and slowly I start, started like learning about it, as understanding um, what what these rocks are, what these trees are, what the the creek, the, the the leaves, the grass, um, the different animals, and everything, and and um, one of the ways is definitely uh, that 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 sort of like I have gotten to know this better um, is definitely by um, reading a Native American mythology, um, also reading other uh, books um, about tribes and the peoples that have lived here for uh, millennia. And talking to some of my uh, Native American friends and like slowly starting to understand what what is the space that I'm in, right? And um, I think that's that uh, like learning in that sense, like from the people who know the land already, is the best approach to be what I essentially am becoming, like a settler, right? Because yeah. I I am one of those Europeans that have migrated over here, right? And um, not trying to learn what this land is about would be, you know, the greatest offense, if you if you ask me. Totally. And I also think that's a very, very traditional approach uh, you have there, because as you said before, you know, like nowadays we live in a very, very isolated world. You know, we look in our phones and we live in our small flat and everything. But I think people people back then they lived in a bigger world. And when they moved, you know, they also moved in the dream world, as, to, as they say, right? So, like, you know, when you when you move to a place, there's there's not, not only the people that live there who have who have something to, to to say, but it's also the trees and it's the it's the creek and it's the it's the mountain that that speak to you and, and you speak to them as well. You know, you bring you bring them you bring them gifts and everything, and you you make sure that they like you, you know, that they don't yeah. Start like you know, and as far as I understand, the Viking, uh, the Viking way of looking at it, there's it's also a possibility that that the spirits can be hostile to you. So it's really, mm -hmm. it's really important to you know like to make them your friends as well. You know, like to be to be nice to them. And I think that is also that is also uh, uh, very important that that these these traumas that they that they get healed at one point, and it starts in the very in the very beginning. Like, you know, Christianity, for example, tells us that we are not living in paradise and we are not connected to the root of it all. We are isolated because we have been evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's the, that's the difference to, to the pagans, you know, like or like to, to animist people. Animist people, they still live in the paradise. You know, they yeah. know 
they know it's all good. We belong here. And also when we move, you know, we just we just bring our sacrifices. We talk, we talk to the land, you know, we, we give it some of the some of the stuff that we take, you know, when we take an apple, we give we give a piece of it back, we feed the land as the land feeds us, you know, we put our people in there as we move and everything. And I think like the, the healing part of it, that is that is that is really where where we should where we should put the focus on and that is also what what i appreciate uh, so much you know like uh, when when the when the people from the tribes that have been suffering of course like from uh, from the uh, from the white plague but what i always say is not the white plague is the plague of the cross right that 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 some of them still you know stand up and like come to us the bearded guys with the white nose and say hey join the ceremony come on learn something you know like listen like this is how it this is how it was you know this is how it should be you know like like forget all the crap you know and i think that is that is really what it's all about you know that we're we're you know like i i know for example like that that uh, traditionally people from, uh, people from greenland are, are they appreciate guests when they're coming you know and they share food you know and they they share even their wives and and stuff like that and that is also not uncommon in in, in other cultures you know that you that you welcome people you know that you that you tell them okay this is this is the way it wo- works here you know and like this this is how we roll and you you just roll with us right you know <laughs> yeah. and that is that is also what, what i appreciate a, a lot you know like to to go to go somewhere else to meet, to meet to meet other people to eat different food to see a different way of dressing to meet other spirits you know to see different trees and everything that is you know like we're all we're all wanderers on this planet we're all immigrants as well i mean like you know i can trace back my family in uh, uh in in germany back to the 1300s and like the our coat of arms was given to us only 200 kilometers away from where i was born still i was born 200 kilometers away Nowadays is one country, but it wasn't always like that. It there yeah. was there was borders in between. It it was a, it was a different county ruled by a different count ruled by a different king. It was impossible. It's like we have from the Bronze Age that that uh, I think it is the Ectfat girl that was born somewhere in southern Germany and already like three thousand years ago the girl moved all the way up to Denmark. Right now, me, you know, being a full-blooded German, blah blah blah, I moved to Denmark. I'm an immigrant as well now. Right. And mm-hmm. like, you know, like I, I share my stuff, you know, like I I appreciate what the people that live here give to me. I go to the grave mounds. I, 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 I bring my salt to the grave mounds. You know, I sing my songs for the grave mounds. I learn the language, all of that. You know, it enriched my life, you know, like it, and that that's how it should be. Like really, that's how it should be. I like I mean, like there's a lot of people out there. Sometimes I think, what the fuck are you on about? Do you want to really live in your fucking little district you know and in your yeah. part, in your part of london or whatever and no one is supposed to answer and you you never want to go out what the fuck yeah. like, you know. how, how much that disconnect do you think comes from the fact that we don't rely on the land anymore or, or ultimately most people don't have to rely on the land you know you can go to your supermarket and you can get your food you can get your bottled water um you don't rely on anybody else to survive Whereas obviously back in the Viking Age and, and prior, you you know you had to get on with your neighbours to help you with, you know, with your farming, or you had to, you had to be kind to the land because you took from the land, you relied on the land to get your food, you know, you relied on the creek to give you good water. So imagine that take that having that reliance makes you so much closer to everything. Whereas now we just we're just given everything; it's so easy. 
there's that and then there's also the other very interesting thing and that is if you move like say you're a scandinavian right and you you're a viking and you migrate to somewhere in russia you probably find yourself having to rely upon the people who were already there in order to know exactly how to farm properly and and all of these things right uh, those basic techniques um there's probably a lot of you know, similar similarities between how you did it in, back in Scandinavia and how you're going to be doing it in Russia. But there are still going to be little things that you want to learn from the local populations, right? Hmm. And yeah, but there could be factors to do with you know the soil pH. Something like something as simple as that would make maybe a big difference to how you how you worked the land. Exactly, and and here's the interesting thing: when it, when Europeans came over to to North America, right? Um, this is uh, uh, the great Native American scholar, Vine Deloria, who has pointed this out here, he says, well, they didn't, they didn't ask uh, the, the Native peoples uh, how to do things, like, uh, hence ridiculous things like, you know, the Donna Party and getting stuck in the mountains and eating each other and, you know, the Swedish colony in Delaware that, that was importing food from Europe for 30 years. Because they couldn't figure out how to grow it themselves, but you know, it's that's, that's insane, right? <laughs> it's just the absolute insane. Yeah, like if you if you had just like talked to the locals <laughs> living yeah. around you, you could have probably figured it out, guys. Yeah, but uh, but there was like yeah, this veil, um, and I think you're you're totally right, Kai, when you say that that is the the cross, um, that is the main thing, right? That these people brought. Uh, with them over here that distinguished them from the people that already lived here. Mm. Yeah, the plague of the cross, right? Yeah. <laughs> I say it seems to have swept across Europe and North America and just kind of destroyed everything yeah, in its way. Even further, even further. It's interesting to look at uh, what the fuck is going on there, actually. You know, like, I mean, like, I, I grew up very Christian. Like, uh, in a small kind uh, uh, village in the countryside in uh, of germany and like i mean like they they spoon fed me christianity and like it was it was it was it was quite hardcore you know it was not jehovah's witnesses but very close like this this kind of style christianity you know like like uh, I've, I've seen church a lot from the inside and i i read the holy book a couple of times and everything and i heard a lot of people talking about it up and down but then of course like you know getting more and more uh, interested in 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 history it's very interesting what what the fuck is going on, right? I mean, like you know, even even the the people who are Protestant, they they say ah, we don't want to have anything to do with the with the Catholic thing, but they still they still do the service, right? And I mean, like you have Rome, you know, as an empire ruling the shit out of Europe for a thousand years, and then they see it crumbling, you know, and they see fuck man, this is not this is not going to happen any longer. We're we're going down, we're going downhill. What can we do? And then they're like, oh. Let's do this Christianity thing. Let's make that state religion, right? And maybe we can, we can manage. And what do they do? They do it, you know? And it's another thousand years, you know? I don't know when exactly they... Uh, it's uh, Theodosius making it the rule that it is uh, state religion. It's a 400. I am, I'm really bad with, uh, with, with numbers. But it goes all the way until, uh, until uh, Luther comes that Rome is the center of power. You know, like the Roman Empire is crumbled into two, three, four bits. You know, all the all the emperors is gone. But when you look at the emperors, they have a certain title as well. Pontifex Maximus. 
that is still the title the Pope has today, Pontifex Maximus. They were ruling all Europe from Rome because they were in the head, in the heads of people, right? And that that's that's what I, that, that's what I'm trying to say here, right? You know, like being being a pagan now, I would still want to connect with my ancestors when I'm dead. They're all Christian, so I can't really say all Christians have to go. And Christianity is bullshit. But I say Christianity has two sides. There's the political part of it that is still the aftermath of the Roman Empire that managed to go global with that kind of stuff, still ruling the heads of the people still making brilliant citizens who shut the fuck up, who go working, who erase everything in their way because it doesn't do what, what, what the cross says, right? And then there's the esoteric Christianity, you know, that used to start out as a, as a, good, as a good thought, you know, that is also, you, we can see it, you know, when it hits the Vikings, they embrace it, you know? It's not like that, that they say, oh, no, 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 we don't want to have anything to do with that. They're really nice. You know, it's it's all it blends itself nicely in and everything, and they adapt it in their rune poems and everything. They, the rune stones, like the majority of the rune stones that we have in Sweden, they they have Christian inscriptions, although they still have mythological uh, elements of it and everything. And I think that is really like what what uh, what we should think about, right? You know, that it's that is not for uh, that is not just some some ideo ideo ideological thing, like or or a mythological thing. Christianity that is a political tool that worked for a good millennium or longer brilliantly yeah. and still does its job it still does i remember seeing i remember seeing an article i think it was the the last election in in america where they said that they don't think that um, the usa would appoint a president that wasn't christian they just don't think that could happen. No, they just, that's... At this point, you know, it just they, they just couldn't get into power. If, you know, if, if a candidate came out and said, no matter how popular they were, if they said they weren't, you know, they weren't religious, then no chance. So that's the thing. Uh, um, I mean, uh, uh, Christianity plays such a huge role in this country that is constitutionally not religious at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and it's getting, getting more and more... Um, here in the uh, there are there are, there are states that nowadays that are making laws that basically uh, would make it legal for people to fire somebody who's not a Christian uh, if they were uh, Christian um, business owners themselves and these kinds of things. So it um, so it's, it's it this seems very reminiscent of uh, late pagan Rome, early Christian Rome, yeah, right. where all of a sudden if you can't be uh, you know, you you can't be in the army if you're not Christian. You can't uh, can't own a house and and those kinds of things. I mean, that happened in in Rome too, right? So th that's really interesting to see in uh, how things are are progressing over here. Christianity definitely um has a lot of foothold, and and it's interesting uh, that you know the type of Christianity that that um, you know uh, rules America. Is not the Christianity of the average person in in America. Most Americans don't think the way that you know Christianity as a political tool works. They're just normal people who believe in God and go to church, and that's do their just thing, that. Yeah. yeah, do their thing. Um, 
And, and so, so, so that's also something to, to keep in mind here. I mean, it's uh, it's so complex too. You can't just say, "Oh, Christianity just fucks everything up." That's not how it works. Absolutely not. Um, there, are, there are many more components, as you also also pointed out, Kai. Um, and yeah, you know, the early uh, Scandinavian Christianity is so so very interesting because it mixes it mixes so much of the older tradition in, and syncretism, right? Yeah, absolutely. It makes you think that Jesus was probably just one of the gods in in the beginning, and then slowly, then it became a political tool. We see that with Harold Bluetooth, for instance. Right. Yeah, and we, we we see it as well in the rune poem, right? Like uh, like the Heilong song Norupo is quite is quite famous, but I think a lot of people are not aware that that we plainly sing the original from the time, and uh, the Hagalas rune is just it's it is about Jesus. And like it yeah. clearly, clearly says Jesus created the world, right? You know, and like yeah. I, I, I found, I find it very funny, right? You know, but that's how it was back in the <laughs> days. It was, it was syncretism, you know. It was, it was embraced, you know. And like uh, a lot of people, they don't want to hear it, but that's just how it is, you know. And uh, it was like uh, three runes later, uh, it is about Loki, right? And, he, and yeah. they, they had, <laughs> they had no problem with that. And we, there's also spells. From like from the Bergen uh, uh, rune sticks, you know, where where the guys at the time have absolutely no problem to uh, to call about the to call uh, to call upon the angels and at the same time call uh, call upon Odin, you know, in one spell to achieve what they want, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this 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 is something I've noticed a lot, especially you know, I I, I mentioned like the the Viking Facebook groups are here quite often, and and in there you see people who who would call themselves as pagans, and it seems to be this. They have this opinion that it's either pagan or Christianity, and they've you know they're very anti-Christianity. Christianity, are this big evil thing that came and and forced it upon the Vikings, and you know de- de- destroyed it. And suddenly they behave like Christians. That's, <laughs> That's it. a very and Christian it... way of being pagan. <laughs> yeah. It's this opinion. It's the opinion that seems to 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 be on there, and you see a lot of people hold it, and like you say, it's not. It's not that plain simple. It's a lot more complicated than that. It was a, you know, it was an emerging of, of peoples together and and adopting it by choice. Yeah, yeah. And it and it goes back like that all the way. Even even the Romans, you know, like when when we look at it, you know, it says in the in, in the Bible you should honor the Shabbat, right? So of course, yes, we don't work on Sundays. But just one second, Shabbat is Saturday. Why is Sunday free? And when we go back to the Roman Empire, they did not work on Sunday because it was the sun day, because they had a period where it was Sol Invictus, the uh, the unconquerable sun that was worshipped a lot. And one of the emperors said, on the sun day, the day of the sun, we don't work, you know. So they just they just shoved that plane into Christianity, and we mm. still we still keep it on. We do not like as a good Christian, you're working on Shabbat. You go full on, right? But on the day of a pagan god, the sun, you rest. Well yes. done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I think on that point that would be a brilliant place to uh, to wrap this one up. We're uh, I think we're an hour and forty five in, and you know it's 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 been fun. And, you know, we haven't even touched on the music side of things, which I think a lot of people would like to, uh, would like to hear. Um, so, I mean, Kai, if you would be happy to, we would be, we would love to have you back on at some point in the future. 
and then we can you know like we can speak about Heilung and and the music <laughs> um, because you know we, we've ranted about tattoos and uh, no it's good and other things first it's good and it's it's really good to to meet again at a later point because uh like first of all i really enjoy talking to matthias every time that's that's really fun likewise <laughs> and uh, at the moment if uh, we would have uh, dived into the music stuff i uh, there would have been a lot of spots where i would have have to tell you i can't talk about it so there's a lot of stuff bubbling at the moment that I can't share. So when when we talk again a little later, I can I can I can share a lot more. Very much looking forward to that. Yeah, I think well maybe what we should do then is line line up you coming back on with when you know when you're ready to maybe release things or just after. So then you you can use this to almost promote it as well and get it out there and let people know what you're working on and what you're doing. Yeah, I mean like we're close to to midsummer. Shall we shall we say that we that we talk again close to midwinter because then I can say for sure there's a, there's a lot of stuff to say. Absolutely, yeah. yeah like I say, you you'll be you'll be welcome back anytime. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. So yeah, no, thank you, thank you very much. It's been it's been fun. Um, it's been really good. Hopefully, people will will enjoy it. Cool. Thank you, and all the best to you guys. Awesome. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please just take a moment to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review. Leaving reviews really helps us grow the podcast and just allows people to find it easier in the search engine.